God. Is there anybody that does not have one of these lessons right here? You do not. Okay. Yep. Everybody have one? I gave them out last Sunday. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the name of Jesus. Luke chapter 10. Amen. We're talking about preparing for the harvest. Amen. Amen. Everybody knows that we are a part of the harvest. But there's going to be a greater harvest that's coming. In the last days, the Bible says the Lord's going to do a quick work. And there's one scripture that says that the, the, the plower, the, the, uh, the harvester is going to overtake the planter. So while the guy's bending over to drop a seed, the guy's coming behind him to already harvest and reap that. So God's going to do a quick work and cause that thing to grow up that quick. So it's going to be, as the man of God told us this weekend, it's going to be more than we can even handle as far as the number of souls. Amen. And so God's trying to prepare us for the harvest. Amen. And I was sharing last week, just as I was coming back from Kansas, you know, all the harvesting that was going on all around, up through uh, through Iowa and Kansas and Minnesota and, and Wisconsin, all the, the vehicles, all the, the the combines and all those things were out harvesting the wheat, harvesting the corn, and trying to get that stuff out of the field before winter sets in. And so so there's an urgency right now to get that stuff out of the field as there is every year. And just as there's an urgency to get the seed in the ground at the beginning of the, the planting season, so there's an urgency. And the Lord's trying to get across to us that urgency. That's why he spoke to us this morning. Amen. And those those seeds don't go in the ground by accident. And that harvest doesn't come out of the ground by accident. And those sheaves don't come out of the ground. And, and the, the husbandman can't do it by himself. Amen. And he's got to have laborers. And, and the laborers have to be really connected to the, to the husbandman, to the boss, to the, to the man that's in charge of that property, that farm. They've got to know what his mind is. Because they've got to know, they've got to follow his plan of how to get the harvest out and where to take the sheaves and the bundles and and where's the barn at and how's it going to be, how's it going to be sifted and how's it going to be turned into something productive that they can make bread and things out of with it. And so the 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 people that are the laborers have to be have the mind of the husbandman. They can't just be out there just 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 doing whatever they feel like doing. They got to have the mind of the man that they're working for, right? Amen. And so, so it's important that we understand that. So, in the book of Luke, chapter ten, verse two, it says, "And he said unto them, The harvest indeed is abundant." I'm reading out of the Amplified, but you can read that. There is much ripe grain. It says in in brackets. 
There's much ripe grain out there. There's a lot of harvest out there right now. There's a lot of harvest out there. But the farmhands are few, or the laborers are few. Amen. Where, and I said this last week, where, where, what happened to the laborers? Where did they go? Because the same laborers had to put the seed in the ground. So the Lord's saying, where's all my laborers? Laborers are few. You know, the, the, the scripture says the fields are already white unto harvest. It's, it's important. The harvest field is not in here. Amen? This is like, in, in my mind, to the barn. This is where you store the wheat after it's harvested. This is where the seed is stored. But the seed won't grow if you don't take it out of the barn and put it in the ground. So the seed's got to go out of the barn and out into the field. And the, the wheat's not growing and the corn's not growing in the barn. It's growing out there in the field. So we've got to get out there in the field. And so it says, goes on to say, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Or in this, this version says, Therefore the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And I was talking about how that, that word send out means literally to thrust out. To force out, to, to kick out, to get, get, get them out. Get them out of here. It's not, it's not a nice phrase. It's very commanding, forceful, the way, it's, the way it says in the Greek. It means, it's the word ekbalo. It means to send forth, to forth, force, to thrust, to urge, or to drive out, to cast out. And it's the same word that's used in the, in the New Testament when it speaks of casting out devils. It's ekbalo. It's the same word. Amen. And so that's, that's how serious the Lord is about this, about this harvest. And so we've been talking about preparing for the harvest. And, and the farmers in, this, in these areas have been preparing. They knew that harvest was coming. We all watched the, the corn coming up in the springtime. And, and I, I always think about when it has to be knee-high by the 4th of July if it's going to be any good. And so I, I always watch the corn. I'm, I'm kind of guesstimating in my mind as I'm driving by. Is it? It looks like me. It looks like it's going to be some good. And they want to have a good crop, don't they? They don't want there to be a drought. They don't want there to be too much rain. They don't want the crop to be ruined, and then they have to just go out there and just chop it all down. I think somebody around here had to do that, right, brother? Had, Hale took it out, and he had to take the whole crop and just go out there and just whack it down and start over. You don't want to have to do that. Amen. But the harvest is just as important as the seed that's put in the ground to create the harvest. Amen. And we were talking about that. And so so the Lord, I believe, is trying to emphasize to us the need for us to be prepared for the harvest. Amen. Amen. And he needs all hands on deck. All hands need to be on deck. Amen. When we had that little skit here about the laborers, and I kept, and, and the, the, the man kept going out into the, the city and finding more people standing around idle. And, they, and their answer was, there was nobody to hire us. They were ready to work. There was nobody to hire them. So it wasn't necessarily that they were lazy. They just kind of were just sitting around waiting for somebody to come along and hire them. And so his urgency in that story, and I don't know if I even put forth that urgency 
in the skip, but there, he, there was an urgency. He had to get that harvest in, and he was trying to find all the laborers he could find. Amen. And so we are those laborers. He needs every hand on deck. He needs every one of us involved in the work of the harvest because we are those laborers. Everybody say, I'm the laborer. Amen. We are the laborers. Amen. And the harvest, it's, it's, our, it's utmost importance that we get his harvest in. And so kind of where I left off, um, I was talking about the seed that is sown. And that seed is, is the word of God. In the spiritual, in the natural, it's, a, it's the corn seed or it's the wheat seed or whatever seed it is, it's going to produce what it is, right? And so we've got to, we, we've got to get that seed out there. And how does that, what is that seed? It's the Word of God. And how, do we, how did we even come into this truth? Somebody planted a seed of the Word of God in our spirit. We heard a message preached. We might have heard a tape. We might have read something. We might have looked at a track. But somehow or another, a seed got into our hand and, and some in, into our mind. And that planted something that began to work on us on the inside. And somewhere, somebody was weeping. Somebody was praying over that seed that was planted. And, and the, the water began to water that seed. And, and the, the power of God and the, all those things, it's just like in the natural, the sun and the wind and the rain and all those things had to happen. And, and the soil had to be just right. Amen. There was some plowing that took place before the seed was planted. And so there was some plowing that has to take place in our lives. Somebody had to be plowing. In our field, amen. Somebody had to be breaking up that fallow ground in our life, breaking up the clods and the rocks and all, getting all the junk out of our life. The Lord was working on us through somebody praying. And that word, that seed got planted and it began to grow. And here we are. Amen? Amen. And the growth continues. Amen? And so... The seed sowed represents the word, and the word seeds were sown with compassion. That scripture that we read said that they, they went forth weeping as they planted the harvest. Why? Because that seed was so precious. It, it, they needed that seed to grow so that they could have more seed for the next planting, for the next harvest. And seed produces seed produces seed. Amen? And when in the, in the spiritual... Amen. When we get added to the kingdom, we have to reproduce. Amen. Amen. And so we've got to get, we've got to have our act together. We've got to have our life dedicated. Just the Lord said it this morning. We've got to spend that time with him and get all that junk cleaned out of our life so that when we reproduce fruit after our own kind, it's the same fruit. And we're not putting stuff into that that doesn't belong there. Amen. And, you know, I know the story in the Bible says that that there was the the sower that went out to sow and and the laborers came back and said, Master, there's somebody has put some tares in there with that. You want us to go rip those out? And he said, no, 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 just let them grow together. And I heard one one person say that uh, that kind of weed, that particular kind of weed and the wheat stalk looked identical until they got to the point where the wheat started growing out on the end of the wheat stalk and then they looked different then they could tell the difference but you didn't want to rip up 
the tares out of the wheat. Why? Because you rip up the wheat. So there's going to be there's going to be some tares in our field. Amen. And God is we, we've just got to endure through that. Amen. Because there's going to come a time when he's going to have his last day harvest. He's got, there's going to be a time when there's going to be a harvest and the wheat and the tares are going to be separated. And then when it gets to the threshing floor, amen, what, what do they do in the threshing floor? They, they winnow the wheat. They throw it up in the air and the wind blows all the stuff that's not heavy enough out the window. Amen. The Lord's going to separate. He's going to do it. But we are the harvesters. We are the ones bringing in the harvest. So every part of the harvest cycle was of the utmost importance to the farmer and the family and, and really all of the other people involved. We're going to get into more of that. There was so much more involved. They trusted God for the harvest in every aspect of the process. Because, like I said last week, the dirt belongs to God. The rain belongs to God. The sunshine belongs to God. The seed belongs to God. All we have is the... As a farmer or as a soul winner, as a person that's reaching the loss, all we have is what we have as laborers to get the seed out there. And then we have to trust God for the rest. Amen? Water it with tears. Water it with prayer. Amen? And, and wait for God because that's, that's the hardest part of farming, isn't it? Is putting that seed in the ground and waiting to see if it's going to come up or not. Amen? Amen? Anybody have a garden? Amen. It just looks like a bunch of dirt that's been plowed and furrowed and, and has nice little cute rows and everything. But until you start seeing those little shoots coming through the dirt, you don't know if it's going to, what's going to happen or not. And, you're, and they're praying, they're weeping, God send the rain, God send the sunshine, God send the wind, send all the necessary things to bring about the harvest. Before you know it, there's all kinds of green sprouts everywhere. Amen. Amen. And so the harvest of multitudes, as we talked about last week, is guaranteed to the weepers. And so there's a, there are steps and processes that are, God has put in place in order for the, the seed to become a harvestable product. Amen. You can't just put the seed in the ground and walk away. Amen. But you, you also, the farmer doesn't go out there every day and look at the field and say, nope, nothing yet. And then he goes out the next day and says, well, nope, nothing yet. Nope. He walks away and he trusts God and he, he goes and does the things he needs to do. And if, and if there's a lack of rain around here, they've got those, those um, irrigation systems. But we make sure that that stuff gets watered. We may find that some individuals in an area who are hungry and thirsty enough for God that will allow non-weeping laborers to harvest them but in principle the harvesting of the field will not be accomplished by dry-eyed sowers and reapers amen i mean it's important the seed is important amen it's important to the harvest and so that that process happens over and over and over again and so the first fruits of the harvest we talked about was what the that first sheaf that you cut down in the harvest and they took it before the lord and they waved it before the Lord and they said, God, we're trusting you for a great harvest before they ever took another sheep out of the field. They trusted God that this was going to be a great harvest. And so we've got to trust God with the harvest. But he's trusting us as laborers to be involved in that harvest. Because what happened right after that sheep was, was waved before the Lord is they had seven weeks 
They call that the Feast of Weeks. Anybody ever heard of that? It's also called something else. Anybody know what that's called? Feast of Pentecost. Feast of Harvest. Amen. A harvest of souls. You think God did any of this by accident? He related Pentecost and harvest of souls to farming and the harvest of crops and seeds and weeping and all the steps and the processes that that are a part of that process. He didn't do that by accident. He wanted us to understand it because he knew who his audience was. So he wanted us to make it simple and understandable so that we could realize, hey, this this is important. So the very first, the, the choicest, amen, of the harvest, amen, just like when, when the people of Israel took their, their, their lamb or their calf or whatever it was, they saved the very best for their sacrifice. It was the very best. They went out and found the best sheep and they cut it down. They wanted it to be the very best. And God wants our very best. Amen. The choicest, the very best, not the secondhand stuff. Not the one over in the corner that's not as tall as the rest of them. They went out and found the tallest one. The very best looking one they could find. So we are to bring him our very best. We are the sowers and the reapers of the harvest. Amen? Amen. I don't know about you, but I, when I came into this truth, somebody sowed something in me. And somebody, I'm sure, weeped. And wept and and cried and and went before the Lord and said, Lord, let that seed not go fallow. Don't let let it just fall on bad ground. But God, help that seed to to go into that ground and to find root and find good soil. Amen. And, And before long, I was there at the church and I started to hear the word of God. And it started to work on me and God started to water that and and to nurture that and it started to grow. Amen. And I became a part of the harvest. Amen. And so the expectation is that that I'm going to go out and share this with somebody else and tell somebody else. Amen. And how many have ever felt that you can't wait to tell people? Amen. What happened to you? Amen. The sowers of the wheat harvest, they sow by broadcasting. Amen. Now, there's a difference between broadcasting and which is sowing. And then there's a difference between that and planting, where you actually bend down and plant individual plants. Those harvesters had a seed bag, and they just went out in the field, like that sign down by the door. They just go forth, and and they just threw the seed out in the field, and and they knew that most of it would take. Amen. But somebody had to be the laborer. Somebody had to get the seed out in the field. They had to get it out of the barn and get it out in the field. Amen. And so it was, it was what you would call indiscriminate sowing, like sowing grass seed in your yard. You're just throwing it everywhere. You're not doing it in rows. You're, not, you're just throwing it everywhere, and you know that most of it's going to take. If you water it, if you do all the right things, that grass seed will grow. But if you just go out there and throw it on the ground and let that ground dry up and don't water it, that, that seed will never get soft enough where it will begin to, to, to turn into a plant and take root. So there's got to be all those steps and processes in place. Once again, we've got to, we've got to stay in the mind of the, the husbandman, the farmer, the one that's in charge of the harvest. He's going to tell us what to do. He's going to give us the instruction on what we've got to do to make sure that that seed turns into a, a valid plant. So the, 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 far, the farmer or the, the husbandman instructs the laborers. 
Okay? Got to get the seeds out of the bag. The biblical term first fruits talks about, it, it's really talking about increase. You know, when we, when we, when we give our tithes, what do we bring? The first fruits. The very top, the very the best part, the, off the top before the government, before anybody else gets their part, we're to bring our very best. This is my best. The first fruits of all of our increase. And God will bless the rest. Amen. And we're doing that by faith. I've been in that place at one time in my walk with God where I said, I don't know, I can't afford to tithe. And then somebody, somebody with great wisdom said this to me. You can't afford not to. <laughs> they said, would you rather have 100% not blessed by God or 90% blessed by God? Hmm. That wasn't a hard question to answer. Amen. It was a lot harder to do it when times were tough and finances were tough, but we trusted God just like they did. They had to trust God for the harvest. We trust God with our finances and I can tell you to this day, after 27 some odd years, that I've the, the Bible says that he, that he would never see the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I've never really can I can look back and say I've never really been in want for anything. That doesn't mean I haven't had hard times. That doesn't mean that the Lord hasn't allowed me to go through some difficult places. But even in those difficult places, He has taken care of me. Amen. You just you cast your, your bread upon the water. You just cast your seed out there. And, you know, when we came back from our AIM trip, we really, when we went over there, we in our mind, we were going over there and we weren't coming back. So we gave everything away. We gave away furniture. We gave away everything. Just we went for broke. This was, we were going over there to stay over there. And so when we came back, we had nothing. We literally started with nothing. No vehicles, no furniture. But you know what God did? He took care of us. And Matt, he didn't just take care of us a little bit. He, he gave us so much stuff that we had to turn around and give some of the stuff away that he was giving us. And then there was a guy that was coming out of prison that was trying to get his life started. And they were putting him in an apartment and he had nothing to start with. So the Lord made it where we could give him a couch and give him a table and, and chairs and some dishes. And, and so, you know, the Lord just works that way. Amen. And so we've got to just, it, it's, a, it's a sacrifice. Amen. But it's worth it. Amen. If you cast your bread upon the water, amen. If you cast that seed out there, God's going to multiply. God's going to use it. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says, uh, Honor the Lord with thy substance and the first fruit of all thy increase or of thy income. It honors the Lord. We honor him. He has, he's not making us do it. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. And thy presses shall burst forth, burst out with new wine. Amen. And so sometimes we've got to sow into a situation in order to see the, the, the root, the fruit of the harvest later. You know, when we when we sow into missions, when we sow finances into a missionary, when we sow finances into a home missionary, when we sow finances into some ministry, that's exactly what we're doing. We're sowing seed. 
And I guarantee you, you will see a harvest from that. And I believe to this day, that's why God has made sure that we've never been in want for anything. Because not only the 10%, not only the first fruits that we've given, but the Lord, as the Lord has prompted us, we've given additional. And we've given sacrificially at times when we really didn't have it, when it was grocery money, when it was money that was intended for something else. You know, when the Lord speaks to you and says, you know, make it, make a, a, what do you call it, um, for for twelve hundred dollars. The Lord spoke to me at conference about something. I'd say, my first response was, I don't have that. He just kept saying the same number, and I said, okay, I'm putting it down. I didn't call my wife. I just said, okay, he knows. He and I know that how she feels about that, and if she feels like if the Lord told you that, do it. He's already made provision before he ever said that to you. And I don't know. He's going to take care of that. I'm not worried about it. Because I can look back over 27 years and even even longer than that, that the Lord has taken care of me and said, he's going to take care of me. He's going to make a way for that. If he's the one, if he told you to do it, that's it. <laughs> All you got to do is trust him. Amen? And so we've got to cast our... We've got to give our first fruits. We've got to trust God, amen, that he knows what he's doing. He's the great harvester. He's the great uh, landlord. He's the, the great husbandman, if you will. And so humans, you know, we're talking about crops and corn and wheat, but really the harvest to God is to souls, it's people. Amen. He would, that, what did he say? He would that, that all would come to the knowledge of the truth. He would that all men might be saved. He wants us all to be in the harvest, but not all are going to be harvested. Amen? Because it's all about choice. Amen? But we can't just say, well, nobody wants this, so I'm just not going to be involved in the harvest. We've got to get out there and plant that seed. We've got to get out there and, and at least try to bring in some harvest. And, yes, some people are going to turn us away. Yes, some people are going to do things and say things to us, and, and they're going to say, that's not for me right now. Well, that's their decision. Amen. But if we're not out there casting that seed, if we're not out there throwing that seed down and passing out those tracks and talking to people and building those relationships and at least trying to to bring some of that harvest in, we're going to be accountable. Amen. The laborers are accountable. And I want to be I want the Lord to say to me, not well done, thou good and faithful servant that I just came to church every Sunday and every Wednesday and I was on time and paid my tithes. I want him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant that I was busy doing his will. Busy about my father's business. Bringing in the harvest, planting the seed, doing the things that he's called me to do. We are laborers. The laborer doesn't go to, get to go to the master and say, I don't feel like working today. <laughs> Unless you want to get paid. Amen? What's our pay for being workers and laborers in the harvest, knowing that one more soul was added to the kingdom? I'm glad those people that, I'm glad there was a man in in Ohio that didn't listen to his detractors and to, to the negative people that said, don't go over there to Okinawa. You'll never do anything over there. I'm glad he didn't listen. I'm glad he went there. Because I'm standing here today because he did. He didn't listen to the negativity. He didn't just say, oh, well, that's for somebody else. 
He went when God told him to go. And he was there when I got there, there when my wife got there, there when a lot of other people got there. And we have people today in ministry and people today all over this world that are missionaries and ministers and pastors and preachers because somebody just said, all right, God, I'll go. It's not the field I want to go to, but it's the field you're telling me to go to. And so we've got to get in the busy in the harvest. Thank God he was there for me. Amen. Exodus 13, verse 2 says, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. Every soul belongs to the Lord. Did you know that? Every soul belongs to the Lord. But he gives us a choice. And in verse 11 of that same scripture, Exodus chapter 13, it says, And it shall be when the Lord shall bring unto thee unto the land of the Canaanites, as he swore unto thee and unto thy fathers, and shall give it to thee. He promised them a land. He says, as he's doing that, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord that all that openeth the matrix, and every firstling that cometh of the beast which thou hast, the males shall be the Lord's. So the Lord brought them unto the land, but there was some expectations that he had of them. Amen? The harvest is not just going to jump out of the field. It's got to be harvested. And it's got to be cared for. And it's got to be taken into the barn. And all those things have to happen. And we are a part of that. And so the Lord is not just going to give us a harvest. He's not just going to... He's not going to do all the work and plant plant the fields and bring it all in while we just sit back and watch. He's expecting us to be involved. We are a part of his harvest. We are a part of it. So they had to dedicate their first fruits to him. They had to dedicate their firstborn to him. They had to have some skin in the game. Okay? His promises come with the expectation that that uh, we will have to do something to see the promise come to pass. Amen? I, this is what I believe. When God gives a prophecy or a promise to somebody, there's, there's a part of there's something you have to do to make that come to pass. Right? That's just what I believe. Amen? God's given my wife and I some promises and some things, and, and there's been some things that we've had to do because he's not just going to hand us everything. Anybody ever met somebody that's always been handed something all their life? Never had to work for anything? They're, they're, what, do they, what do they call that? <laughs> Spoiled. I've heard all. I'm hearing it all. Amen. That's right. Amen. And so you have to understand that there's a value in having to work for something. It has more value in your life when you have to work to buy that car. I'll never forget my friend that I worked with in back in Louisville. He was raised on a farm, and when he got to be about 14, 15, his dad t- took a little two-acre plot of land and said, there you go. There's your car. Anything you want, There's your, whatever you want to buy a gun, to hunt, there it is right there. Plant something. So he had to go get busy plowing it, disking it. He planted. He said he planted corn one year. Next year he planted tobacco until he figured out what made the more, most money. But that's how he bought his first car off that two-acre plot of land. His dad said, I ain't giving you a dime. You're going to work for it. Amen? 
And so we have to understand the value of working. Amen? And that guy had, he played baseball. He had to go to high school. He had to do his homework. He had all the other farm work to do on top of that little plot of land he had to take care of. So he stayed busy all the time. And when time when it was time to sleep, he slept. <laughs> but then 4 o'clock in the morning came, and he had to go take care of the regular farm and then go take care of that, then go to school, then go play baseball, then do all of his other stuff. Amen? And so God expects us to be involved in the harvest. He expects us to be involved in his work. Because if you think about it, if God just wanted to do it, he could just he could just win souls without us. He could just make us all robots. But he needs human agency. If you look through the whole Bible, he used Abraham, he used Moses, he used Noah. He always used human agency, men to fulfill his and accomplish his will. And that's the same today. We're not going to get out of that in this modern day. Amen? He still expects us to be involved. And, and so if the Lord's going to give us a promise, and if he's going to give us land, if he's going to promise us a city or whatever, he's going to expect us to do something and have an impact. Amen? Think about that. You've got to have an impact on the dirt. You've got to get out there and sweat and get behind that mule and plow that ground over. And you've got to, you've got to get out there and sweat a little bit and get that seed in the ground. The sun's beating down. And you've got to get out there and work. In order for you to appreciate what God's going to give you. Praise God. Jeremiah 2 verse 3 says, Israel was holiness unto the Lord and the firstfruits of his increase. All that devour him shall, shall offend. Evil shall come upon them, saith the Lord. And then also in Exodus chapter 22 verse 29 says, Thou shalt not delay to offer the first." of thy ripe fruits and of thy liquors and the firstborn of thy sons shall thou give unto me once again he is expecting us he's expecting something of us and i was trying to remember what billy cole said last week and and i'll I'll end with this and and this was uh jack cunningham posted this and that was his nephew i believe and billy cole said this one time he said speak what you seek until you see what you say. Amen? Speak what you seek until you see what you say. And so, if you're expecting every one of these pews to be full, you've got to speak it. And that is more than just speaking it. How do these pews get filled up? How, how do we get the corn out of the field? We don't just stand on the corn of the field and say, Come on, corn. Come on, corn. Come on. Chop yourself down, bundle yourself up, and go in the barn, okay? We don't just stand on the corner of the field and do that. We have to go out there and get it, right? And, and in the Bible days, they didn't have combines and stuff, so they understood the value of work. You know, one guy can go drive a combine all day and get all the corn out of one whole field, right? It wasn't like that back then. Everybody was out there working. You understand that? Getting the cotton out of the field or whatever. Everybody's out there cutting tobacco. Everybody's out there swinging something and hanging something and bundling and doing something. Amen. So the Lord expects all of us to be involved in the harvest. We're going to end that right there. It's 15 after. And uh, we'll pick this back up next week. Uh, the Lord willing. If, and, uh, and the creek don't rise. Thank you. Praise God. God, you're so good to us. And we thank you for your goodness for your grace and your mercy, for your word. 
for your power, for your authority, Lord Jesus, for your mercy and your grace in our lives, Father. Lord, put it in our hearts to understand and realize that we are the laborers in your field, that we need to get involved in the harvest, Father. We thank you for this time together, Lord, as we come back for the, re- the remainder of this service, Father, that you would minister, cause our ears to be open to hear your word being preached this morning in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.